0: Hollis are proud partners of the Social Impact Award at this year's EG Awards. We're international, independent real estate consultants with an altogether different approach. Discover more at hollisglobal.com It's time for another episode of EG Like Sunday Morning, and this week I'm joined by tireless news reporters Shante Bahitagey and Evelina Grichenko, and together we're all wishing a warm EG LSM welcome back to Head of Special Content Emily Wright. Uh, how are you all this week? Good. I'm yeah.
1: good. How's everybody
2: else? Yeah, enjoyed well? this week. Yeah. Has been a busy one, wasn't it? It has uh, been.
0: Yeah, you all. All seem to have been very busy, and we'll, we'll, we'll get on to quizzing you about that. Uh, uh, Emily, though, it's, it's been a little while since you've been on the podcast. Um, just, uh, just,
1: just a little uh, 11 months or 10 months.
0: Some yeah, months yeah. Step
1: back uh, from, from all things EG.
0: Um, yeah, so you, you've been back in the saddle, for a few weeks. Uh, and how yeah. are you finding uh, the task of juggling life back at EG with uh, being now a mum of two? Oh, well,
1: you know what they say about children. They're so easy. <laughs> um, and so quiet, and they basically look after themselves after a certain point. So yeah, no, none of that's true. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, it's interesting because I I came back from maternity leave the first time around. It, it's still in, still in lockdown. Actually, we're mm. still kind of locked. Yeah, I mean, no, just out of lockdown. We're out of lockdown, but it was still yeah. very much working from home. Then left to go on my maternity leave the second time around. We I mean, were remote. We were remote hybrid,
0: mm.
1: and came back when. Obviously, things have moved on an awful lot and um yeah so it's been interesting and um a learning curve I think I think it's i think I think it'd be a learning curve for anybody coming back since, you know those that kind of juggle but um yeah it's been it's been good and it you know as I said I think the last time I came back from maternity leave it's funny what suddenly becomes a luxury so a you know, train ride is like a spa break <laughs> <laughs> it's and, and seat um, and like <laughs> copy is You can pop- just
0: just focus on yourself. Um, I uh, will.
1: I know. I know. I'm a much friendlier person on the train than I was before. I <laughs> just thankful um, to be
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> what was your approach during during maternity leave? Do you do you keep your finger on the pulse of real estate, or do you switch off entirely and
1: and? Oh, uh, it's a bit of both. I think you know the first few weeks it feels ex- ex- you know ex- extraordinary not to keep your eye in um and then and then you sort of life takes over and I think a lot of I had a lot of confidence in the first time around that actually you can take a good chunk of time off and come back and even if a lot's changed you can get back into it pretty quickly because whilst things change and actually things have changed a lot the second time I've been off uh the people and the the core of what's going on remains very much the same um you know the core is you know progress or Either innovation or money making whatever it might be and um, so the call remains the
0: same so you just to come
1: back and work out what the nuances are that have been layered on top in your absence.
0: Okay and uh, you've been diving into some of those questions and, and answers this week talking with Sarah Ratcliffe uh, new mm. chair of the revamped Green Property Alliance so so what can you tell us about that that revamp and what you discussed with Sarah?
1: Yeah, so I actually I spoke to Sarah um, Ratcliffe, um, obviously the star of the show, the new chair of the Green Property Alliance, and Bill Hughes, who is mm-hmm. chair of the Property Property Industry Alliance, um, which is the umbrella over the top of that. So I spoke to them um, and then followed up with this interview, just you know, with Sarah, really, really sort of focusing in on her role. Um, so obviously Sarah, CEO of um, Better Buildings Partnership. 15 years experience advising the industry to on a one-on-one or individ- more individual basis to what needs to be done um, when it comes to addressing all things sustainability and, and climate um, and her role now as chairing the revamped GPA um, is about the slightly trickier task but the really really important one of bringing everybody together on these issues um, and she I asked her if she was daunted actually because it's quite, let's all, let's be honest I mean the industry is full of very smart people the real estate industry but when it comes to addressing sustainability and climate it's it struggled and um, I don't think that's necessarily something to either be surprised about particularly um, or to, and we talked about this and it's not something that, they, that the industry needs to be shamed for but it does need to be acknowledged and it does need some leadership, really needs some leadership around that. So that's where Sarah comes in. Um, you know, there's 14 members and um, sort of that can put their weight behind anything that the Green Property Alliance deals with. It's a collaborative effort. Um, and so she has said that, you know, the industry needs that voice of leadership. She said that the industry is much closer than it thinks to thinking collaboratively. Um, and that from all of her conversations with people individually, people are a lot more on the same page than they might think. Um, and then also, I think she is incredibly conscious of the fact that it could very easily become a quarterly meeting, you know, and that's not what she wants. You know, let's not all get together and go, oh, isn't it awful? Oh, God, so much to do. Let's all do that. Okay, see you in a few months. You know, that's not what it's about very, very much. Sarah, anyone who knows Sarah will know that when she sets out to do something, she, you know, that's what she's going to do. And so... Um, real action points, they've got real focus area. And the other thing that she's mentioned, which I think is really good and really interesting to say up front is that this is not about tackling everything. Because that I that is an impossible task. And I think that that's what the industry has struggled with so much. is looking, oh my God, there's so much to do. Well, now we're paralysed. Let's just let's just not do anything. So she's come in and right from where said, we're not we're not going to try and tackle everything. And these are our targets and this is what we're really really focusing on. So Interesting to see how she gets on, but I have every faith, and I think there was a ripple of relief around the industry when she was announcing. People thought, Oh, she'll know what to do.
0: <laughs> so, there's hope for the planet after all. That's that's a relief to hear. No uh, pressure, you're Sarah. <laughs> no
1: pressure the, the of our planet rests firmly on your shoulders.
0: <laughs> uh, Emily, you've also been writing this week about somewhere that I visit fairly often, uh, married into uh, a family in the region, and I suspect Evelina uh, visits even more often, um, which is uh, Liverpool One. Uh, and a report by Grosvenor about how that development uh, has impacted the city over the last fifteen years, which which I've witnessed firsthand as a as a regular visitor. And uh, there's a pretty eye-catching headline number in 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 that story, Emily. Yeah, four point
1: one billion um so yeah not to step on any of any of toes of the people on this call sorry about you know <laughs> people you've, you know married into have covered the area but um yeah so uh liverpool one has over the last 15 years um which is as long as it's been up and running obviously delivered one uh delivered 4.1 billion pounds back to the city of liverpool um really really interesting report that um grosvenor have done and um, I spoke to um Rachel Dickey who um heading up investment there and she made some excellent points one of which is that there there isn't much slash any um really and anyone listening to feel, feel feel free to contact Jess um if I'm wrong. <laughs> Not me Jess. I'm gonna just come back and turn it to be back, you know still <laughs> Jess <will tell> <laughs> um is that um there's, there's just not much information or statistics to show the benefit, the financial benefit, the social benefit of huge upfront long-term investment, um, which is what had to go into Liverpool One. Um, I, I forget the exact figure. I think it's around 960 million that had to be put up. Um, and, you know, scary. We're talking about the courage that needs to, to be present behind that, the courage of the city councils. To really get behind that and to think, no, no, we're going to go for it. So very, very interesting. And um, you know, also the point that um, that the project, which was originally called the Paradise Project, was first advertised. Bids were first asked for in 1999 in no other than, I mean, I should say EG, but I think I can say Estates Gazette because we're going back to 1999. In that context, and the uh, city council didn't get any interest, and they got 49 bids. So that was that was the start of the journey. So, yeah, 4.1 billion returns to the city, an average of 4,700 jobs created locally annually, um, 319 million visits. I think I'm getting all these figures right. But,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, well done. Well done. Well done that. Well done that project. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, Evelina, I'm sure you would sort of echo those thoughts on the impact that the development has had and continues to have on, on the area that uh, you call home.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't go through. Whenever I go to the city centre, popping up to Liverpool One is just like a must-have on a list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely got got pretty much everything you want to want to visit in in the city centre. Um. Now, Evelina, in addition to to your northwest expertise, uh, we mm-hmm. we do of course also call on you as a guru of life sciences, uh, and for this week's EG interview. Uh, you met with the good folks at uh, Life Sciences REIT, uh, who to me at least sound like they should know what they're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, who who were you speaking to and, and what did they tell you about changing tenant requirements and, and how they're looking to keep ahead of the competition?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I spoke with Simon Plantsworth. so it, it was um Another half-year report uh, released by the company, so uh, they have to be transparent as they're the only listed vehicle uh, mm-hmm. on uh, related to life sciences, real estate. And so they offer that unique opportunity for shareholders. So they have to be transparent, they're releasing their results, and we uh, have an opportunity to track how's that property performing, how are their rents moving, so, you know, you don't get that opportunity with like more private company because they just Mm. keep it off the record so lucky us and well (laughs) lucky them lucky them (laughs) yeah
0: absolutely yeah
2: because the rents are growing and it definitely benefits um them so yeah, it's been almost two years since they listed on the London Stock Exchange. So uh, they went straight into the buying spree. They acquired uh, many developments across the Golden Triangle, including uh, Cambridge, Oxford and uh, London. Uh, so we are seeing how those are developing. So uh, what we've heard from Simon is that there is uh, currently a switch to small requirements. And as they progress the development of their sites, they need to adjust the to the those requirements uh, so yeah that's been something mm. interesting to watch but at the same time uh, although the labs are becoming smaller and mm. uh, new startups are joining the communities uh, the prices are growing but a mm. uh, good thing for them is that um, the occupiers um, are a bit more resilient in this sector and a bit more happy to pay higher rent so, yeah, Life Sciences free. is very happy where they are. And they're not planning at the moment to go out of the golden triangle. That's what I was told. But they're, they're still keeping their eye on other markets, like including Leeds, Manchester, Edinburgh. It's just like the, the market environment didn't get to the certain level as it is in the golden triangle.
0: Hmm. So is that... Is that- Sort of drive towards smaller spaces is that, is that does that come from uh, sort of greater innovation and, and people specialising in different different uh, technologies and and uh, sciences is is that what makes for that uh,
2: demand? It could be. Uh, I mean, it's just like UK has great universities, so. We have plenty of startups and they have to start somewhere. So uh, previously, uh, most of the incubator space were provided by universities, but now private developers are stepping in uh, to kind of expand in this space. So uh, to be honest, Life Sciences really have not only been the ones moving in that direction. We have seen mm-hmm. some uh, others too, like last week's dance, They've done some uh, shared lab space in Canary Wharf and uh, like we're seeing at uh, bigger science parks. Uh, introducing those kind of developments like multi-talent buildings, shared labs, incubators. So I I would say this is an emerging trend in the life sciences space and we will see more smaller and sharing space coming forward in the next hopefully (laughs) few years. But, you know, the development of life sciences building has been quite slow and yeah, it's not me to tell people about constraints that the planning system is providing, but, you know, hopefully yeah. this will speed up in the nearest future.
0: And it's, it's been a little while since we've caught up with you, Evelina, about life sciences. What what are some of the other major trends that you're following at the minute? Is it still a case of uh, too much demand and too little supply?
2: Yeah, yeah. We, we're going to speak about a of life science is space forever. I mean, It's an (laughs) ongoing topic. I mean, fortunately, it's changing, but still slowly. Uh, So hopefully by 2026, uh, we will be in a better position. But until then, you're going to hear about shortfall of lab space for sure.
0: (laughs) Okay, I've I've, I've, I've bookmarked it in my calendar now. Uh, End of September 2026. uh, EGLSM, Evelyn is going to tell me there's enough there's enough space now. We can, we can stop can
2: Enough there, labs. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll,
0: I'll look forward to that. Um, turning uh, to Shante now, uh, it has been another headline-making week in the office sector, Shante. Yeah, uh, what with yeah. uh, Meta handing back the keys to its London offices at Triton Square and the mm-hmm. analysts at Investment Bank, Jefferies, offering a bit of a glum forecast. Um, you've been out and about at LREF this week. Do, were you sort of... Man- managing to speak to many people about these developments and to gauge what some of the market sentiment is?
3: Interesting being in those kind of, being at a big event when those sorts of things happen. Um, And I think we had similar things happening at MIPIM this year where there was a lot of big news floating around as far as the investment market was going with interest rates and inflation. And so being in that kind of an environment when news like that drops is always really interesting. you really do get a sense of, of what people are feeling and it always feels somewhat inflated when you're in you put everybody it's a bit of an echo chamber isn't it when you're you're in there but um yeah it was an interesting one i think the meta news definitely was was top of the agenda everyone was talking about it um it was an interesting one i think british land they were involved in the event um obviously at LREF and had some panels going on so uh, unfortunately I didn't get to attend um, the panel that they were hosting but I have no doubt there were there were definitely questions from the audience um, about what was going on but it was certainly anecdotally there were a lot of conversations going on about what this means for the sector and whether this is sort of a a bad omen for, for things to come in the next few months. I think overwhelmingly, though, the attitude was fairly positive, as it tends to be at these things. I think people were quite keen to use LREF as an opportunity to show all the other amazing um, developments that are going on in the sector. So it was tempered. The the sort of the environment was tempered. It was a bit of a mixture of, of both sides, I think.
0: Um and uh, there are still deals being made, uh, which we seem to remind people every time that we're on EJLSM, <laughs> Shante. Uh, and this week uh, you were reporting on a nice one involving uh, a U.S. university.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Northeastern University uh, from the state has agreed to take space at one port token in all gates. So they've taken space on a 12 year lease. They've got 98,000 square feet roughly in the building. Um, And they're going to be taking floors five to eight. So that's that deal signed for fifty pounds seventy six per square foot. So the building already has other educational occupiers in it. So BPP University signed to take space in the building in 2021 when it was freshly renovated. but it's yeah, it's an interesting building. It's an Alfred equities owned uh building. So that's Abraham Schwartz, the New York-based investor that's behind that. Um and he bought the building in twenty eighteen for ninety-seven million and it's just been obviously refurbished in twenty twenty-one um and updated to provide I think it's around two hundred and thirty thousand square foot of grade A office space. So um that that's an interesting one and it's quite a big deal for the uh, city fringe and for that area. It's, it's quite a landmark size deal.
0: Good. And I, I guess you know it's still the the, the 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 ongoing story is that that the demand and that interest for that that very best space, but I guess growing concern over what what is going to happen to to all the rest.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely there's a green premium and it's that grey day space that everybody wants, um, and it was interesting with the sort of Jeffrey's news that came out this week as well. Um, that was a main takeaway uh, from their advice that they were just sort of saying it is the the green. I think the term used was greenium,
0: which I haven't <laughs> heard
3: before. Um, but I think it was an interesting one. So yeah, it's that space that really is the stuff that's transacting, and the worry is always about that secondary and tertiary office stock that we've been talking about for quite some time so it is interesting though given the u turn that's come recently on net zero um so what what is going to happen to that secondary and tertiary office stock now is that going to take off some pressure people are sort of asking are occupiers now going to be taking leases that they may have been worried about taking before in um sort of being below buildings or are landlords going to forge ahead and still try and meet that 2030 um, deadline which i think a lot of the larger landlords will do it's it's just possibly more of a, a question for debate with some of those smaller and regional office
0: buildings. And Emily you, you mentioned at the outset that, that you were returning to maybe a, even more of a changed landscape this time coming back from maternity leave than you you did before and I guess that that question of the future of the office it must be sort of dominating a lot of your conversations as you're as you're getting back into the, the, the swing of things
1: yeah absolutely it is and it's an interesting one because the question around the future of the office is is a question that's as old as time in (laughs) in so many ways and every you know even you know pre-pandemic you know every x number of years someone would say oh the office is dead um or x is happening but you know it obviously takes on a completely different level of enormity when you're looking at you know what we've all been through and what workspace and offices have been through and yeah it's been really interesting it's been the thing where I, I was expecting that by the time I got back it would not be you know the the, the headline of the panel discussion that everybody was racing to listen to still um but that now now I'm back I can see that was quite naive actually because just you know that you know just such a big such a big part of what everybody's doing whether it's you know at every stage, whether you're investing, developing, trying to get people in, like whatever it is. So yeah, it's been really, really interesting. And it, you know, it comes with no surprise that what I've picked up is what everybody already knows, <laughs> which makes me an excellent journalist, Um, which is that, um, <laughs> you, you know, if you can, and I know there is a question here around investment opportunity and who can invest and who can't, but just making those offices as attractive as possible. And that's not just great spaces but it's making sure you've got all the right elements um and esg green sustainable you know
0: that's so important uh yeah the, the greenium um, i know yeah, no, which i've
1: written greenium. it down i've written it down <laughs> if anyone wants to look at my notes will be like shopping list shopping list to-do list what's the greenium um
0: yeah yeah true,
2: good though. stuff really um
0: Mm. Uh, to Emily's no doubt delight, there's no time for a quiz this week, uh, but we not. do have just you enough had a to mini uphold... quiz. No,
1: no, no! You gave me a mini quiz. You quizzed me on my own headline, which I thought was very, very mean. <laughs> <laughs> and It is a good job. It is a you good re... job that I have an excellent
0: <laughs> memory. <laughs> it Again. is. It is. You passed. <laughs> em- okay, Emily wins this week's mini quiz. Uh, but we do. There is just enough time uh, to uphold I another mean. more recent tradition that that she might not be familiar with, uh, as we ask DJ Shante. Um, for to add another track to the ever oh, eclectic, I about uh, the track. eg certified bangers playlist. So uh, it's it's Sunday the first of October. Uh, we're we're heading into spooky season. Uh, is it the Sunday the first of October? No, is it? Yes. No, it's the thirtieth no, of, it? yeah, of September, isn't it? It's the it's thirtieth of September.
1: Thirty days yeah. of September. so it is the first. <laughs> it
0: October. is the first. That's yeah. right. Of course, I would lost track of what day. It was today, uh, it is the first today of October. Is, it's,
1: it's the first it is, today.
0: yes, that's right. I <laughs> haven't looked at the calendar yet. Uh, okay. it's the start of spooky season, then. Uh, so I don't know whether you've got anything that that fits uh that, Shantae. But uh, what have you got uh for people to listen to on this fine October afternoon?
3: I wish I did. I wish I had something that related to spooky season, that would be great, wouldn't it? Maybe I'll have to retrospectively next time my mom suggests something for <laughs> spooky season, um, and it's a bit more tailored. Um, I'm going to go with something that I've been listening to quite frequently recently it's not a new album um but I actually I mentioned this one shout out to Tim uh who's not here I mentioned this one to Tim this week and uh he proceeded to he was I think he was somewhat skeptical before I before he listened um but he proceeded to purchase and listen to the entire album in one fell swoop Uh, and I think was a fan of it after after listening to the whole thing so I'm gonna go with I want to thank me by Snoop Dogg which I don't think I have on the playlist yet so if I do forgive me if I've just repeated something that we already have on there um I think
0: I think think you're good I think I think you're good I mean not not that not that not that persuading Tim to buy a CD is, is that difficult (laughs) <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no. I think
3: just one mention is probably enough <laughs> to, to add to the collection. Um, but yeah, I um, think it's a, it's
0: a good one. It's the one. It's the song that gives the album its name. So yeah, 2019 Snoop Dogg. I would oh, thank you. Okay, everyone can go and and listen to that uh, and the rest of the uh, the playlist. Uh, the link uh, in the description. Thank you uh, to Chante, Evelina, and Emily. It's been absolutely brilliant. Uh, once again, you've all been experts in your field. Thank you very much. Uh, you. Who Pleasure. Uh, who knows who will be back with me next week uh, for another episode of EG Like Sunday Morning.
1: Easton Commercial Interiors. Creating inspiring workspaces for businesses across the UK. A proud partner of the Best Workspace Award at this year's EG Awards. Visit egi.co.uk for more information.